This is Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. Thanks, Disembody Hot Girl Voice. This is Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. I'm Ernie. He is Ernie, and I'm... we love him for it. And, and, and I'm Robert, as always, uh, the always in love with Ernie Robert. Oh, God, no. No, God, yes. Because today is a special day for Ernie. I, he's, I, he's been looking forward to this day for such a long time. I have. This is a special moment. This is the Ernie episode. I think that's what we'll call it. The Ernie episode. <laughs> so it's all about you. It, it, sometimes sometimes you got to be a little <laughs> selfish. Yeah. Maybe this is my moment, right? Yeah. Why not? You know, I've had plenty of selfish moments on this show. So, <laughs> you know, and, and one of the things is we talk a lot about the stuff I want to talk about. And every once in a while, Ernie comes out with something. And he actually, this time, I will, I give, got to give kudos where kudos are deserved. He put effort in. He did some research. He got some stuff together for this. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is going to be fun. This is going to be. Uh, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't want to interpret your work the wrong way. But basically, the full knockdown, dragout timeline process of creation before it launches, because this is the this is the last official time we're going to talk about it in this length and depth. So get your info now, because after this, we're not going to talk about it until after it airs, and then we'll go to it. But this is the two nerds and a joke, Jack Snyder cut. Zach. Yeah, no, we're no, calling it Jack because no. we don't want copyright. <laughs> we got to make it Jack Snyder because it's close enough, but you know you can't just you can't you put in just Jack Snyder, Zack Snyder on, on our show and then you know get sued. So it's a Jack Snyder. It's okay. It's okay. So oh, <laughs> so Ernie has gonna give us from I'm assuming I'm assuming you know. A baby in his mother's eyes, if you will. What happened? Why this came about? How it came about? The rumors, all the little noodles and dramas and so forth and so on. Correct? Right. But I, I wanted to give everyone like a little a little brief history of this guy. Um, yeah. Whose whose movies I, I would say are still being spoken about to this day, right? And we've already sure. gone through that first phase of of Marvel movies. It was a mm-hmm. good, what, like uh, 12 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 12 years. Yeah, ago. yeah. And you know what? They're, they're, part of, they're part of the lexicon. Everyone mm-hmm. thinks of them as the gold standard. However, there's still this little voice, right, that comes out. If you were in a room with four people that enjoy comic book movies, they'll still drag out a couple of Zack Snyder's films. And just to give a little background on Zack Snyder, Zack Snyder's like a – uh, director, he's a producer, a writer. Uh, his first claim to sa- fame was he made his debut with a 2000 in 2004. It was a remake of Dawn of the Dead. Right. Yeah, and that one was pretty much was like before everyone started getting into the whole zombie apocalypse thing. That's mm-hmm. the movie that kind of like kicked it off at the very beginning. Because then after that you had what was it? 27, 28 days later. Mm-hmm. Um, World War Z, you had The Walking Dead, and you oh, had yeah. just shot it off into the into the uh, ionosphere as, as getting back into that. I think he also did Army of the Dead, right? 
Um, it didn't. It doesn't say that, but I'll go through some of the movies that he's done. But that was his. That was his kickoff. Was 2004, Dawn of the Dead. Of course, that's a that's a remake of an older film, Dawn of the Dead. But he kind of updated it, did some visuals in it that were just like mind blowing, right? And it kind of like reinvigorated that whole genre. But you're probably right. He probably did have something to do with Army of the Dead. Uh, I'll take a look to see here on the list. Um, but then he went on. That was in 2004. So then in 2007, he did 300. Mm-hmm. Which is my personal favorite of his. I mean, I like I like a lot of the stuff he does. And I will say, out of all the directors I know, I think he's one of the ones that I know the most of, right? Like, I can say I know a lot of his movies, just in general. Right. So 2007, he gets 300, and that really does well in the movie theaters. Mind you, it does well, well enough to get picked on and a spoof made of it. Also, a few years later, I think it was called Meet the Spartans or something like that. Yeah, one of those. And and sadly, I don't mind a good spoof. I, I, I There are some spoofs that are really good. But if you're going to do a good spoof, do a good spoof. Don't do a stupid spoof. You know, don't make it obnoxious. Well, I mean, that was also in the same vein of fine the scary line. movie franchise. <sighs> you know, it was that group of stars. And mind you, when you go back and look at some of those movies, as ridiculous as they were, they were star-studded casts, like a lot of comedians, like uh, that would go on to like do other things and become oh yeah and directors yeah. themselves. Yeah, no, I, I can't argue that. But I mean, it's still kind of a you know a thing. It, it's yeah. kind of it's kind of it's kind of again, there's good parody, like again, and it's it's in its last season, like Orville. You know, it was meant to quote kind of be a parody. Sort of, but it ended up being really good. Well, yeah. You know, my thing, you know. is, my thing about the Orville is the Orville is for people who are too lazy to Google Star Trek: The Next Generation. <laughs> That's all the Orville is. Hey, and it's funny. So he goes on from three hundred. It's interesting though. He did three hundred, but he did not do its sequel. Correct. Correct. He Which did I not. thought was interesting, and uh, it did have a very different feel. It did, and uh, but the thing was, was that like. To it, that movie itself, like people were so enamored with the visuals, the mm-hmm. way the actors were were portraying their characters in it, and and you know the whole thing of it. Like it took a lot of like, it was it like I said at the time, 2007 when it came out. I liked the movie, but it was very much in vogue to dismiss certain things about the movie. Right? Some people thought it was too far over the top. I'm like, do you really want to watch? Like literally that movie spun on like i don't know countless documentaries about ancient greece and sparta and stuff like that on the history channel oh, sure yeah right and yeah. like essentially it drew this fascination to that time in history which i think was great because i was always fascinated with with like ancient greece and and mythology and stuff like that so to me that was cool everybody else found it found the movie to like they liked it at first to like start mocking it oh mm-hmm. it's not historically accurate Blah blah blah. And I was like, oh my gosh, this, and and I knew I was in for a ride because the next movie he did was Watchmen, which is such, and, and you want to say at first, wow, that's such a different type of movie, but it really isn't. No, it's again a bunch of misfits who don't really belong to society, getting picked on a lot. Not exactly the cleanest souls, if you will. They have baggage. 
and they don't always get along and there's some darkness to them and they end up sort of kind of saving the day but not really it's literally almost the same story if you think about it the spartans knew they were going to die at the end and in and to spoil watchmen they thought they were saving the earth when it was really the villain who quote unquote save the earth kill a few to save the many so they didn't really win well poor rorschach i always felt so bad for rorschach yeah rorschach which is like Zack snyder's version of batman right the hey uh, you know what i would watch a rorschach movie i'm sorry the guy was awful but just good awful you know well he based it on the the graphic novel series the comic book series of the same name um which Which, was which was done but he did the same well, and he also did the same thing for 300. So he definitely had a vein of interest from the beginning that, that yeah. 300 and, was based off graphic novel. And, and and basically Watchmen was like a shot-for-shot shot remake of like the big compendium book pretty much. Right, which, which is which is weird because a lot of times those types of things don't do well right. when they're shot-for-shot shot remakes. But that worked out really well, and I enjoyed it. And I have you know, to say, like when I watched The Watchmen – like it was a long movie. It came, I I want to say it came out around the same time as V for Vendetta, and mm, I two thousand nine. So yeah, I, and that I and, right. and I remember like I watched V for Vendetta first, and I found that movie to be painfully long, right? Mm, mm. And then I saw this movie had the about the same runtime, and I was kind of worried about that. But honestly, it did it did the story justice. Like he told everything in that movie, right? Yeah, no, it was it was very well done. Then he goes off on a limb, right? His next one, a little a little bit different. Well, a little different, yes. But and he still has owls in it. <laughs> you know, he has Owl Man, and the, owl, doing... the 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 owls of Gahul. Now, here's the thing, like I never right? actually saw that one. I heard it was really good, though. That's just it, right? That was one of those ones that snuck, that came into the theaters. Like I saw a couple trailers, and that was it. Like it came and went. It wasn't mm-hmm. until, like, I caught it halfway over, I want to say on, like, FX or something like that. Mm, okay. And I'm watching, and I'm like, holy cow, this is this is really good. And, mm. then, and then I actually, like, was able to watch it from beginning to end. And I'm like, I just need to wait for my daughter to get a little bit older to watch this movie. That's because really cool. It, yeah, it's, it's really well done. And it's one of those ones where you're, you kind of dismiss it. You know, you're like, oh, my gosh, talking owls, you know, owls flying around in armor and all this other stuff. And, um, you know, you have no frame of reference. I'm not sure if it was based on a book or a story or whatever. But, yeah, it was a little bit of departure because it's like he made a cartoon. You think it's for kids, but Mm -hmm. it really isn't for kids. Right. Right. Another graphic novel, I'm assuming. That's that's my assumption. Yeah. But then so then we get the. uh, the notice that he takes on well let me let me let me take a step back because i remember when this happened i remember it was like i want to say it was like a sport game or something like it was like a football game a monday night game and i remember sitting there and they went to commercial and they were showing the trailer for man of steel and there was like no voiceover it was just like very quiet it was a very somber looking commercial and you see the boy like tie the 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 red blanket around his neck and pretend. Oh yeah, yeah, around. yeah, yeah. And then in the next shot, it goes black, and then you see him 
like this like you see the picture of the sky right like these clouds and the, and the camera's moving it looks mm-hmm. like it's going up and the next thing you see coming out of the left bottom corner of your screen you see you know superman breaking the sound barrier like you see him like the air like whenever a jet yeah he it, that happens and i'm like i'm in it said man of steel coming soon i was like i'm in i'm all in on this yeah no, it was definitely – now, interesting, though, he actually directed Sucker Punch before that. Yeah, yeah, that came out, um, I think, around the same time as that trailer did. And I remember – Yeah, because that, re- that was 2011. That was right before people, the movie came out, 2013. Yeah, and I remember people saying, don't go see it. it it's such a waste. I'm like, what do you mean such a waste? I'm like, I'm, I'm like looking at the trailer because back then, you know, you could get the tra- – now that they started dumping trailers into YouTube – and I remember I caught like a five second trailer and it was like this huge armored samurai with like this Gatling gun. Yeah. And it was such a messed up movie. I actually watched that really recently. It's on Netflix or something now. I watched it recently again. And I was like, this it's is been, such a de- fucking depressing. I mean, pardon my French, but it is a depressing movie. It is. So visually, it's amazing. And you can see how he took some of that visuals again. And put it into Man of Steel and took it from 300. He kept that really fascinating visuals, those really dark images, and kind of just kept kept that vein, you know. But well, again, it, he kept he kept it consistent. Like if you saw if you see his style, it's like he started with he probably started in Dawn of Dead. I don't remember that much about it because that's not really my no. my cup of tea. Yeah. But it's like anytime there's a real serious action scene, right? He'll slow it down, speed it up, slow it down again, and you mm-hmm. kind of get the feeling of like, you know, like in 300, it was like the combat, you know? Mm-hmm. There, there's King Leonidas, like, he'll do a quick move, like he'll shove the spear into like the belly of this dude, and then he'll duck back as his blade like grazes the top of his helmet, like in slow motion. And then it goes back to normal speed again. Right. He did, he did it in Watchmen also. Yeah. Oh, you know, when, um, when, what's his name? Um... Oh gosh, the guy in the in the owl suit. Oh yeah, the Owl Man. Yeah. Well, I I, I, I wouldn't say the guy's name, name. I didn't want to say Owl. Yeah. Man. <laughs> but yeah, I could me. Owl Man. It's cool. But yeah, but he was when he was punching those guys, right? Same thing. Sure. Same um, thing again. Yeah. That is his, also, that is his trademark. Yeah, the fight scene with the comedian where he's like using the shotgun and like mm-hmm. the flamethrower. Um, right. Then you go to Man of Steel. Same thing. Well, I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead. If you go to Sucker Punch, and it's uh, I think her name is Baby Doll. Is it Baby, Baby Doll? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and she doll. does the fight scenes where she's like doing these crazy acrobatics with this with the samurai sword, and it's just like it slows down, speeds up, slows down, speed up, and then like you can see like the damage that's being inflicted by her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Very cool stuff. Man of Steel, they do it too. Yeah, he did it uh, especially. For me, Man of Steel. Well, I mean, we. I think we could have like a whole hour-long dissection of that movie because there were so many good things and so many things I, I probably wouldn't have put in that movie. But um, a lot of good things in that movie. Um, one of the things I thought that was really true to life was when they called in the Air National Guard to like mm-hmm. try to stop the Kryptonians and. Mm-hmm. The planes that they use, those are le- those are legit tactics. That's how mm-hmm. they that's how they move. That's how they fight now. That's that, that's the stuff they do in Afghanistan. 
He kept mm. perfectly, like the like the A10 Warthogs flying in low and just unloading with the machine gun on them, and you could see the bullets hitting the concrete like leading up to them, and it's just a just a continual stream of destruction. Yeah, no, very very well done. So then we go into the most controversial, I think the most controversial movie of his that he had done to date up to that point. Because you go off of the the legend of Man of Steel and how it was pretty much 90% a great movie, a great reintroduction of Superman for a modern age. Right. Very well done. Maybe not 100% perfect, but very well done, right? Right. And then you move into BVS. Right, which everyone thought, hey, we're going to get a Man of Steel part two, right? And he's like, no, 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 I have this whole plan. Trust me, you're going to love it. And it's Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember that movie getting pushed a few times. Mm-hmm. And it, it ended it, up coming out in 2016. But so. but they but they uh, but I I believe they wanted to do it before Civil War. Right. They want to kind of get it, push it out there, right? Yeah, they wanted to get it out before Civil War, and the whole thing was was that. The hype leading up to it is that there hasn't been a live action movie where you have arguably the two the top two paid comic actors. book franchises on the okay. screen at the same time, right? Or, or the top two paid actors, however you're gonna look at it. You know, well, whatever. Uh, I don't know if, <laughs> I, I think Affleck was getting paid well. I don't know if Cavill was getting paid as well. If that makes this sense. This is the second movie in a in a in a major role. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he was up there. I mean, we're talking millions either way, so you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But the um, but you think about like franchises, right? Like you slap yeah. Batman on anything, it's making money. You slap oh, Superman yeah. on anything, it's making money. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now what's interesting is that movie kind of led to an interesting trend for Zack Snyder, which is where he started talking about versions of his movie. Because there's officially three versions, I believe, at least of that ver- of that movie. All right, there's so like there's the, the ultimate cut, the extent. Right. There's the regular theatrical cut. There's the extended cut. And then there's the ultimate cut, and that was on HBO, whatever it was. Recently. HBO Max, yeah. Max, yeah. So there's versions of his movies now. He's like, well, this is the everyman version. This is the really big fan version, and this is the ultimate nerd version, basically. Well, you know. and to to give to give uh, to give some context to this. Please. I believe before before Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice came out, uh, Civil War was due to come out. The movie that came out before this movie was Guardians of the Galaxy. And that's a completely different – yeah, and it's a com- that's a completely different tone of movie. Right. So here comes Marvel slash Disney. They drop Guardians of the Galaxy, a complete throwaway, right? This was oh, the sure. Great- experiment because up until that point it was iron man it was hulk it was mm-hmm. thor and yeah, then it was the Cap- big money makers and then it was captain america right right guaranteed monies basically and then they did the great like let's try this to see if it works and it's guardians of the galaxy not only did it work people who never even heard of these guys went to go see it in droves it was a huge success oh yeah and it was a comedy, too. That was the other part. It was yeah. funny. It was funny. It, and I think that kind of threw a weird kind of aura around this very serious Batman versus Superman. 
you know, and then you look at it. And again, my one complaint about the movie, and I think why he kept extending it was my complaint. You know, he, he listened to me. Because I, I was there, you know, I talked. Zach, I get it. I get yeah, it. the Zach man. We call him Mr. Z. Um, you know, <laughs> and he gave an extended version because there's just so much story he's trying to shove into one movie. So it's like, okay, you're going to extend it. You're going to make it longer. You're going to make it, you know, Lord of the Rings epic. Okay, cool. We can deal with that. You're going to expand out the story and make it make sense and make it flow better. Cool. Well, and, then, and, we, were, and we were a little spoiled from Nolan. Oh, because yeah. Because we had the three Nolan flicks, mm-hmm. and he made an earnest and – and I'm doing the air quotes for all our listeners. He made an earnest Batman trilogy. Yes. Uh, like there was no over-the-top stuff. Everything was no. grounded in reality. You know, there was no meta-humans yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, and I think he did it very well, and it was very well handled, and he did a good job. So that was – that was that was definitely a good, good version of Batman, a solid version, a solid trilogy that will stand on its own for a long time to come. And remember, so then you Man, go, of Steel, Man of Steel came out 2013, and it felt like the Nolan movies. Oh, sure. Yeah, it had the same kind of feel to it. Yeah, absolutely. So then we go into the very controversial, very mishmashed kind of a disaster unfortunately justice League. well i wanted to talk more about batman v superman because i'm fine go so ahead batman v superman <laughs> dawn of justice it was supposed to be the billion dollar movie for for warner right because mm. they saw what marvel was doing right iron man made a bill thor made a bill you know captain america made a bill and they're like we got the we got number one and number two in in line like if you do a google search on superheroes it's batman superman one and two right mm-hmm. you could you could change up the order depending on your personal preference but it's one and two yeah no they only way. hate yeah they were like there's no way this 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 can't be a, a financial success billion dollars and man it was everywhere wasn't it do you remember the commercials and everything mm-hmm. and the hype surrounding it oh yeah and then it was like a like they would release these te- and it was the first time I ever heard of it the teasers, right? Mm-hmm. It'd be like one line of dialogue and a quick like cutscene. And usually and 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 here's the thing, it was Batman from the nightmare scene. No, oh, yeah, which and we all like, wanted to see more of that. You're like, holy cow! There's the Omega side. What the? And you're like, oh, it's Dark Side. Oh my! You're doing all this stuff and they're literally. 10 seconds long, these trailers. Right. right. And then the movie opened on a Thursday. How I'll, I'll never forget this. It opened on a Thursday. I had tickets for Friday, right? Mm-hmm. And you and I, we were at work, and I said, I got my tickets. I'm going tonight. People walking in, right? Because I always get there early. People coming mm-hmm. in to the job, and they're passing by my desk. And one of them, who I knew, saw the movie as it premiered, walked by, and he goes, Hey, I went to go see it. I go, yeah. He goes, it sucked. I'm like what? He goes, yeah, it sucked. The movie was awful. I'm like, stop lying. I'm like, well, don't spoil it for me. He goes, well, let me spoil it for you because you're gonna hate the movie when you see it. He goes, basically, Superman dies. <laughs> and that was kind of your record. Just dead silence. It's like, oh, god damn it, man! You, that's the literal worst ruin you could do for me. Out of everything, of course he dies, you 
I, I'm thinking. I think that day. I think that day I was wearing my black Superman shirt. <laughs> I, was, I was like, "What is going on here? How could?" And then I did the, I did the one mistake you shouldn't do. You should never do this when you're sick, seeking relationship <laughs> advice, or, <laughs> or, or oh, look at stuff. You go to the internet. Oh God! Yeah, no, don't. <laughs> and the internet totally pooped on everything. It put uh, nice. Essentially, every review I saw, everyone said it was literally the worst movie. Like this is movie is so dark and so bleak. You know, it's not Marvel. Marvel's so funny. Look at Guardians of the Galaxy. Look, that's how you make a comic book movie. Then you had all these people. Coming up, and and they started using these little buzzwords. Uh, what was it? Character development. Oh, there was no yeah. character development in this movie. And I'm like character. I'm like, did you go to Yale or something? Uh, <laughs> you, you, they were trying to find reasons why it wasn't a Marvel movie. When a Marvel movie doesn't have any more character development than a DC movie. Come on, guys. I'm sorry. It's a comic book movie. Get over yourselves. So this yeah, isn't you know the Notebook. Yeah. Uh, like, like for me, and this has been my big bugaboo. For me to like a movie, it doesn't have to like be an Academy Award-winning film for me to like a movie. Oh, if it doesn't have an award behind it, I won't watch it. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like for me, that doesn't impress me at yeah. all, right? No. That's, yeah. That's more along the lines of like when the movie's been out for a while, you can stick it to your friends and say, "See, told you it was a good movie. It won an award, right?" Oh, sure. And I've watched some of these movies that won awards, and I was like, that was awful. Why would that win anything? Yeah. Yeah, dude, The wor- I think one of the worst ones – well, to me, I have two examples. One example was the time when Saving Private Ryan got snubbed for Young Shakespeare in Love. And I had to see why Saving Private Ryan <laughs> lost to this movie. So I watched Young Shakespeare in Love, and let me tell you, that was a bad movie. Wait, right. wait, Shakespeare, not young, you just mean Shakespeare in Love? Probably Shakespeare in Love or Young Shakespeare. Yeah, I don't know. It, was Shakespeare, like it was Shakespeare in Love. I know, I watched the movie. I enjoyed it, but it was no Private Ryan. But that's just it. Like, they said, this is the best movie that came out this year. Sorry, Steven Spielberg. A mo- the movie that you made that will be replayed ad nauseum every year, at least three times a year, and spin off, like, another set of, like, TV shows and documentaries and other movies that measure up to this measure up to your movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So then so then you get this and I mean everyone was dumping on it. Even directors were dumping on it, calling out stuff that they would have never done. One of the one of the one of the worst things that I saw was why did you need the opening act of telling the batman origin story we already know batman's origin story get to the point right and i'm like the batman origin story at the beginning of the film is five minutes long mm. i thought it was shorter than that it probably is but literally it's the first five minutes of the movie right yeah no i take that back isn't the first part of the movie the no, no, it is that. Yes, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, yeah, it's a grave. It's, it's a graveyard scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And but it, it's, see, but the thing is, is and again, if you watch the whole movie, it comes back into play again and again. 
Because he has that nightmare about his parents coming out of the graveyard and all that stuff. So like, yeah, he's it keeps dealing with a lot of stuff, right? You, he, right. It's Zach, the context. Yeah. Zach is giving you context of why this guy is so messed up. Why would anyone in their right mind dress up like a bat and go out and fight out fight crime unless there's something seriously wrong with him, right? Mm-hmm. This is basically what he's trying to convey in that, that it was so traumatic. And even during the funeral, the kid couldn't find any peace in it because – you know, he runs away and falls into the cave full of bats, mm-hmm. right? And it's basically terrified. Yeah. Then then it jumps ahead, and essentially you get the fight scene from Man of Steel, and you're like, oh, my God, this is really good how they cross this over, right? You get to – Yeah. And it's like and, – and mind you, a lot of people got really mad about that as well because they're like, this feels a little bit too much like 9-11 – I don't I don't feel comfortable about this is bringing back too many memories of 9/11, right? You know, people walking in the street, you know, with the with the cloud of dust from the concrete and everything. Yeah. No. I mean, it, it, I can I can understand that, but that's kind of the point. I mean, not yeah. to, to be a direct comparison, but kind of like the epicness of it and how the little people suffered and that's where Batman was coming from. That's the point. Right. Gods are fighting in the sky and uh, the little people are getting trampled on. Right. And that was the whole that was one of the things that the comic book nerds, and I hate to call this guy out because I, I really do enjoy his work, Kevin Smith. He mm-hmm. basically felt that in Man of Steel that that was way too much, the fight scene in Metropolis. Why didn't why didn't Superman like take him to like the middle of the desert and fight him in the desert? And I'm like, well, that, then, then the story doesn't make sense because Zod wants to kill all, his, all the people that he loves. He loves Metropolis. He loves the people of Metropolis. He wanted them to, to feel the pain. Right, and even if Superman wanted to take Zod somewhere else, Zod wasn't going to leave. Right. You, you'd, he had to – I think – and that was the whole point is Superman didn't want that fight to be there. Of course he didn't, but that's where Zod wanted him to fight him, and that was Zod's point. So, exactly. I mean, yeah, it's an awful scene, and it's an awful fight, and it's messy, and it hurts and probably kills a lot of people. That's the point. That's that's why it's such a bad thing. That's the controversy of it. It's the point right. and of then, it. And then you have the scene where essentially Zod's saying, if you love them so much, you're going to have to kill me to stop me. And he and, you know, Clark or Kal-El is basically pleading with them. He's like, no, I don't want to do this. And he snaps his neck. And that's when Kevin Smith went off the rails and basically said, in no universe does Superman kill anybody. And I'm like, but he's not really Superman yet. Right, you're talking about a very, very young Superman. Yeah, this is like the kid coming from Smallville, which Zack Snyder had to, I don't know, go on an apology tour for this Man of Steel movie, which I felt was a big mistake. Um, And he basically said, look, I was a big fan of the show Smallville, and I kind of wanted to bring that whole kid from Smallville going to the big city and still holding on to that innocence of the small town, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Like protecting wanted, what's you protecting what's yours and trying to do what's right, but you know what, and get forced into a corner. Guess what? You're gonna protect what's what's yours. You're gonna protect what you love, even if you have to kill the bad guy. And it was an awful scene. It was well done, but it was so awful. And it was like that—that's the point. Again, that controversy is the point. Right. Very it, much it, the point. You should, never should apologize for that. Bullshit. And and, it, and you could tell like. Like Henry Cavill hit it right on the head. You could tell that really messed him up. And I think Mm -hmm. that's why Zach included that because he wanted to give us the Superman that doesn't have to kill you. That's like the last resort. Mm -hmm. 
Right. And he kept mm-hmm. and he kept Zod uh, as a major part of this movie, this Batman v Superman. You know, there's Batman, you know, he's already mad at what Superman what he's blaming Superman for was this fight. And like you said, like nobody knows. All they know is that one day, you know, they're filing paperwork, next thing you know, there's, you know, a you know, half of the buildings being ripped apart. Mhm. Yeah. And then and then you go from this into Justice League because the correlations there are there, right? Because they give you the little they give you a little bit of the taste in BVS that there needs to be something bigger. We need to get others. You see the files, which I think that was really well done. I really enjoyed. Oh, there's these files with little symbols, and you know who they are. You're like, oh, that's so cool. And and people pooped on that as well because they were like, how this isn't the way the comic books were designed. Like the comic books, this they're, they're not following the right sequence. I'm like, but if you have a Superman, then you don't need a Justice League, right? Right. right. That that is the point. I mean, in in the death of Superman, instead of a Justice League. They basically had all these other supermen fill the gap, and, and I think only like zero of them were actually Superman. Correct. But you know there was a gap to be filled, and they came, these people came people came in and pretended or filled the spot or were doing it out of the goodness of their heart, whatever you want to call it, to replace it. So there was that, and that's what they did here. So they yeah. filled the Superman void with the Justice League, which fine, okay, this is a way to do it. I thought it was very organic. It wasn't. For, it didn't feel forced to me. No, you know what I'm saying? Because no. you're not forcing this team together because they are needed. You're f- finding them because you're desperate. Batman, Bruce, Bruce, really. I mean, it wasn't even Batman persona at this point. It was really Bruce. It was like something bad is coming. Right. Something bad is coming. And, you know, and then Wonder Woman's like, yeah, it's already here, dude. And he's like, and he, you know, starts swearing under his breath kind of thing. He's like, we need somebody to fight back, you know. Well, and the nice thing was, was that. When this movie ended, like there were two, there were two parts of that movie that got a lot of criticism. One was the 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 other members of the Justice League that they showed, Aquaman, Flash, and Cyborg, and the other part of it um, that they that they said is why did they use, um, why did they bring in Doomsday, and why was Zod Doomsday in the comic books? Doomsday wasn't Zod, and I had to explain. I can't tell you how many times I had to explain to people. I'm like, the reason why Zack Snyder did that was because you had to make Doomsday a Kryptonian or mix a Kryptonian human blood, like like basically uh, an abomination. Abomination, right. Because hey, you have to kill hey, with Kryptonite. Hey, hey, wrong universe. <laughs> right? I mean, it looked pretty similar. Everyone kept saying yeah. the CGI for, for Doomsday was, was horrible, right? I'm like, but, but you know what? It's kind of spot on because – you needed him to be a little bit of Zod because that's the, the only way you'd be able to kill him was with Kryptonite. Unfortunately, you're going to kill Superman with Kryptonite as well. That's how the death scene was, yeah. Because yeah. in the in the comics, if I remember correctly, I mean, again, Superman dies. I mean, big shot. We know, but well, you know, spoiler alert if you're living it, under a rock. But yeah, if anyone not familiar with Doomsday, basically, the more energy you put at him, the the stronger he gets. He's kind right. of like the Hulk. Yeah, yeah. So basically what ends up happening, if I remember correctly in the comics, is he basically gets strapped to a meteorite and flown into space. So he doesn't get – Doomsday doesn't die. No. He just throws, gets thrown into space and said, all right, you're somebody else's problem now. I mean yeah. that's literally what happens to the poor guy. I mean yeah. not that I feel that bad for him, but still. 
Um, you know, and Superman dies and so forth and so on. So we get there. We get the Justice League going. And so now, again... But then that movie ends, right? Right. And then they say... And then everyone pans it critically. Like, it made $700 million box office, mm-hmm. and they felt, and they called it a failure because it didn't hit a billion dollars like they anticipated. And Warner Brothers even said, we wanted a billion-dollar movie. Now, at the same time that this was going out, you know, you had the... What was it? The... Um, the interview that Affleck and Cavill are doing. Oh God, yeah. And remember, that was a bigger disaster than the movie. <laughs> well, and then they they were like, well, I forgot the the the. Basically, um, Affleck said, "Look, I think we I think we as actors did a phenomenal job." He goes, "I dare you to point out a better on screen depiction of Bruce Wayne and Batman than what I just did." Because remember. Yes. Everyone knocked on on Nolan's Batman because Christian Bale was like a twig and he had a <laughs> voice, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't huge and muscular. In the comic books, Bruce Wayne's a big dude. Mm-hmm. He's like yeah. Affleck's size. Yeah, Affleck did a great job. Affleck had a, a rockin' bod for that, you know? He, he, was, he really fit the style. Yeah, he fit he, the style. And Cavill did as well. Like, if you oh, go yeah. back and you look at Christopher Reeves... Cavill looks like a like Christopher Reeves, except way more muscular. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's all natural. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, and and the and the announcers were like, and 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 the whole thing was that people kept saying, I couldn't get behind the movie because Batman should have killed him, but because he said Martha. Oh god, the Martha controversy. Yeah. Right, and then yeah. I explained. I had to explain it again. I'm like. The reason why was because, remember, throughout the whole movie, he always kept referring to Superman as the alien. It. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until that point that when Lois said Martha's his mother, it clicked in. Yeah. Because they weren't – again, Superman didn't want to kill Batman. He had no interest in killing Batman. No. He was just like, look, you need to stop. You need to stop. And it was – I mean obviously Lex Luthor, again – very Lex Luthor move. So, you know, those haters on the, on this version of Lex, yes. come on. It's the freaking plan. Who do you get to kill each other for the two mm. smartest people who are the only two who could kill each other? Literally, yeah. he wants Superman dead. The only way to do it is to find someone who's pissed off enough and smart enough to figure out a way to kill Superman. And guess what you need to kill Superman is the one thing he finds. And who does he give it to? Oops, he actually, actually gets stolen by... Bruce Wayne. Batman. Yeah, yeah, Bruce Wayne. I mean, come on. It's a perfect, I mean, everyone kept, it's a everyone kept saying, plan. Everyone kept saying, oh, it's garbage. You know, Lex Luthor could uh, should have never been able to find out that Batman and Bruce Wayne were the same person. I'm like, are you really kidding me at this point? Think yeah. of Batman. He, that version, that version of Batman that we saw, had he had been around for a while. That's like oh, middle-aged yeah. Batman. It's not oh, middle yeah. Batman. This is middle-aged Batman. So he'd been oh, around yeah, for yeah. a few years. Who else in the city would have disposable income to create mm-hmm. tanks, planes, boats, oh, yeah. and all those gadgets? Bruce Wayne. I mean, I mean, hell, Lex Luthor uncovered Diana was 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 Wonder Woman for God's sake, and that's a lot harder to figure out. Exactly. Like one picture, you know, one he could picture. figure that out. I think he was fine. I think he was. It was. It was well within his stuff to figure that out. I mean, with the encryptions and the, all the stuff he was doing, that was all him. 
He didn't have lackeys doing that stuff. He was all he was doing all of that himself. And he because, was that smart. And 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 not only was he smart, but he was also a little twisted because what they cut out of the theatrical runs was a lot of scenes which you see in the other cuts, which mm-hmm. is where he's keeping a di uh, um like a what would you call it a diary, and he mm-hmm. keeps drawing these mother boxes in there. So obviously he came into contact with the mother box, or he's like working with the mother box at Star Labs or something like that, right? Something and, happened, yeah. And something like taps into his mind, and he's connected to Dark Side, right? Which which we never really get a true understanding of in any of the cuts. It's like one of those ultimate mysteries. You're like, what the hell is that connection? And you never really get it. But then you go but, into Dark. They tease it in the in the nightmare scene, and yes, everyone was like, "If we could have more of the nightmare scene, we would have liked the movie more." And I'm like, "I get it, but that's not, Zack Snyder didn't have that intention, right?" There is another movie, guys. There's another movie. There, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. So then <laughs> You'll get more. the movie okay. dropped, and everyone got upset, and everyone's like coming at me. I think you remember this, right? Mm-hmm. Like every day, yeah. there was somebody new. Oh, you heard how bad Zack Snyder did? Oh, did you see that article on how awful mm-hmm. that's – Like everybody wanted Zack Snyder to be removed from all the movies, right? Oh, because, yeah. Because he said, look, right now I'm like almost done shooting Justice League, and it's going to be two movies. But in the meanwhile, my friend here, David Ayer, is going to come out with the Suicide Squad. Which also got pooped on. <laughs> well, remember, the first set of trailers, it was very dark, right? Oh, yeah. You know, you got the I'm going to hurt you really, really bad. And it's Jared Leto and the Joker. And you're like, holy cow, this is insane. They're mm-hmm. really going all in in this universe. I'm in. Right. But yeah. then it changed. Then they dropped the Bohemian Rhapsody trailer. And I'm like, wait a minute. What happened with the darkness and everything? This looks like a are they trying to do Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> Which is really freaking weird with that group of characters, okay? Right, right. And you're like, and they dropped Jared Leto like completely. The poor guy. What, he, he, I mean, he's really creepy. Don't get me wrong. I don't feel that bad for him, but Jesus, they dropped him for the movie. Remember, yeah. he just got an Oscar from Dallas Buyers Club for being a. Uh, he was portraying a, a trans a transsexual woman. So it was a man that became a woman with AIDS. Yeah, I mean, come on. Guy's creepy, okay, but he's yeah, good he, creepy. You want to enjoy that creepy, okay? And, and, he I, and that's the thing. All in, and that was the whole thing. Like there were reports, like you know, he was on set, he was hard to deal with because you had to call him Joker. He he was like totally into the character's part. David Ayer, who did like Fury, uh, End of Watch, and uh, um, a whole bunch of other gritty like cop movies. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he was real known for that. He was coming on board, so everyone was excited about this, right? And then the Bohemian Rhapsody trailer came out, and it was kind of like, oh, so this is a comedy, but it's rated R, right? So how are they going to do this? The movie came out, and mind you, I would say it did it performed better than Dawn of Justice did, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. I think it got mm. more money. Okay. Well, and also had a better reception too, and it has a better soundtrack. I mean, that well, that was yeah. really the point. They, they had a great soundtrack. That was an they, awesome freaking soundtrack. Yeah, they 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 spent a lot of money on those songs. Mm-hmm. But like, what what the critics of that movie was was like, oh my gosh, this movie's like all over the place. It's like someone shot two movies and like spliced them together. 
Mm-hmm. That was the main like sticking point with that. Then all of a sudden you have Jared Leto coming out saying after the, after the after the preview, right? Mm-hmm. He was like, I can't believe they did that to me. They cut me out of the whole movie pretty much. Like the scenes I shot, he goes, that's not the movie we shot. He says, you can make another movie with all the scenes that I was cut out of. And they never did anything with it. I mean, they gave you a little extended cut. They gave you a couple extra scenes, but they really didn't do anything. And then Errol was talking about, oh, David Ayer, you should have made the the main villain um, the Joker. That would have been much better. He's like, look, you know, I had a I had a vision. The 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 studio came in and they re-edited it with this other company. So what you're seeing there is mostly my movie, but a lot of it has been cut and edited out. And they were talking, they were making fun of him about like we've already seen the, you know, the the big bright light and the trash floating in the circle, you know, floating in the city. Mm-hmm. We've already yeah, seen yeah. all this, and a lot of people didn't understand why Sorceress was the bad guy. And I'm like, okay, so I had to watch the movie a few times to get it. Sorceress is not Enchantress is not really the bad guy in the movie. It's Amanda Waller's the bad guy. True, but but He's the villain in all of this, and that's oh, what people yeah. forget. And the other part was why I feel so disconnected. According to David Ayer, um, Harley was supposed to finally come to grips with the fact that the Joker doesn't love her and is only using her, and she ends up like hooking up with Deadshot. But the, all wow. that like cut out. So, so you, you, unfortunately, with the Ayers, the Ayers movie kind of gives you that Justice League's preview of what ends up happening with Justice League. It gets cut up. It gets manipulated. Different people are doing different things with it. Different companies come in. Two different directors come in. So you see all the signs on the wall, if you will, right? You see all of these things ripe and ready to go. Now, Justice we get League, to, we yes. get we get Justice League gets pushed because guess what happens? Civil War came out and Civil War made a billion bucks. Mm-hmm. And it was well put together. It was beautiful. Yeah. It was a beautiful it was, movie. It was, it was perfect. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, oh, now what? Okay, now I have to completely – and that's the thing, and they, they keep – they kept doing it. They guessed and second-guessed and third-guessed and fourth-guessed themselves, kept changing it to either – they were like, well, we're going to make it a Marvel movie. We're not going to make it a Marvel movie. We're going to make it a Marvel movie. We're not going to – it's like, guys, just don't make it a Marvel movie. Make it a DC movie. Make it your movie. Just go with your vision and trust your gut. Give us a good story. We'll enjoy it. It doesn't matter. So you know? this. So then Zack Snyder is under the gun to go back and redo Justice League. Yeah. Because in the, of, nth, in the nth hour. In the nth hour, right? And then a tragedy happens. And you know what, man? That I, I I don't want to imagine what Zack was going through. But yeah. during, during the process, like his daughter committed suicide. Yeah. And, 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 then, and this screwed him up and it made him just in a very bad place. And he he, he couldn't do it. Yeah, well, that was the story, right? He basically said, I have to walk away from this because there are other things that are more important to me right now in my family. Like, yeah. And I totally and that, get it. For, yeah, some 100%. people that were like, oh, thank God, maybe somebody can come in and save Justice League before it gets, like, you know, suicide squatted, pretty much, right? Which is the exact opposite. Somebody else came Joss in and... We <laughs> the Avengers... I, I like Josh. I like his stuff. I mean, it's but it's not DC. He's campy. Right. 
And you're like, well, Joss has done ensemble movies before. He did the Avengers, the first mm-hmm. Avengers movies, and those made a mint. But and, they are light movies. They're fun. They're entertaining. They're not DC. You can't cookie cutter this shit. Exactly. Exactly. He, his <laughs> movies are – and, and I, think, I think Kevin Smith said it the, the best. He's like watching Zack Snyder. It's like – when you see his films up on the screen, the way he frames a shot and the way things are done and, like, they seem to have that dark filter to them, like it's more gritty and dark, it's kind of like looking at fine pencil art, right? Like, mm-hmm. you ever come across, like, a really nice, like, picture that's done in, like, pencils? Mm-hmm. And it looks amazing. Then you have the Marvel movies, which are bright and mm-hmm. loud and mm-hmm. they're bombastic. It looks like a package of highlighters just exploded on a paper. Mm-hmm. And, and that's fine, but that is two different styles of movies. You can't put a Josh Whedon in and expect a Jack Snyder. It's not Jack well, Snyder. They like basically that. said, hey, you have all of this to redo, and here's the notes we want you to do. And he's like, yeah. well, I have changes I want to make too. They're like, go ahead and do it. Yeah. And the movie came out. And mind you, I went to go see it in IMAX, and I enjoyed the movie. Yeah, it was enjoyable for the most part. Was the I, most part. I loved, I loved the interpretation of Flash. I felt, and I, and I have to say, I was, I was not a fan of them not using existing talent, but I enjoyed this version of the Flash. I felt he was fun. He felt he fulfilled his role. Cyborg, I felt, was the most throwaway character. Unfortunately, I, I really felt he didn't really add much. Well, to the and, story. That, and that was the whole thing. The way that film was put together. Cyborg unfortunately became the throwaway character. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. So, so now the movie comes out. It's a disaster, unfortunately. Well, yes. However, it is received well because it has yeah. all the happy stuff in it, right? At the no, beginning, sure. Wonder Woman saves like a school full of people. Um, well, I take the, I take a step back. At the beginning of it, it definitely feels like a, a Zack Snyder film. It, it, you, he's setting it up, basically saying, look. Since the death of Superman, like, essentially the world has gone to crap. Everyone's mm-hmm. angry. Everyone hates everyone. And you're kind of feeling like, wow, that feels like right now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no hope in the world or anything else, and it was all tied to Superman. Superman brought hope, right? Yeah. And then you have you have Wonder Woman, you know, breaking into the museum and saving the kids from being blown up. And you're like, wow. And they have that amazing scene where she basically, like, deflects all of these bullets. Mm-hmm. This guy's, like, shooting, at, like, what, five feet away? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Showing her showing her powers off. Showing yeah, her she basically showing somewhere. her powers off. Yeah. And then it cuts to um, Themyscira, the home mm-hmm. of the Amazons. And you have a right. battle scene there. You're introduced to the bad guy in the film. Yep. Everyone... Once again, they were like, really? They could have done something better than the CGI mess, right? Mm-hmm. And they got a great voice actor, Siren Hines, to do it, right? Oh, has, sure. Yeah. He, has he sounded great, great. Yeah, he has a great <laughs> deep voice, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, perfect voice casting for this character, right? Steppenwolf. I knew Steppenwolf because I remember the the New Gods books that uh, DC had put out, right? Mm-hmm. Which had Dark Side, you know, uh, Steppenwolf, you know, um, it was just like, basically, it's when Jack Kirby left Marvel, went to DC, and was like, "Screw you, Stanley! Look what I just created." 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was kind of like one of those things. And it was amazing. Oh, and yeah. This whole fight scene, you have parademons coming out of boom tubes and everything's all happening. And you're like, wow, this is like, this movie's pretty intense. It's not like Batman v Superman at all. Right? Yeah, completely different feel, which is great. And it's, it's bright. It's everything like there's action happening in the day. You have Batman like going after this parademon at night on rooftops. It's it's just all over the place, right? And then it gets to the ending, and you're like, all right, Superman comes back and saves the day, right? Yeah, he, he act- does his thing. They actually put in the music from the original Superman trilogy when you see him for the first time. It's a nice homage, I felt. I mean, yeah. that was that was that was sweet. That was kind of cool. Okay, cool. And then the movie's over, and you're like, okay, all right, um, I guess that's it for Justice League then. You kind of felt like that. And then credits roll, and then they have the extra scene. Right, which is and a great it, scene. It, oh, my gosh, what a scene mm. that is. And, and I like telling the story because, like, only the true nerds stayed behind. Everybody oh, else got up and walked out, right? Oh, of course, right. We're all sitting there, and I'm in the IMAX, and I'm watching this. And I see, uh, and you see the boat in the harbor, mm-hmm. and you see it from the back, and you see the two swords and the bandana flapping in the mm-hmm. breeze, right? that's, that's such a great scene, too. It's like, of course his bandana's flapping. Why not? And I'm, I'm just sad they didn't. Again, one of those moments where I wish they used the CW character, but fine, I'll take him. He wasn't a bad choice. And, and, then, and then, like, they show him, like, coming up the stairs of the boat. And I'm like, oh, and I took a, I took a deep breath. Some moron over my right shoulder said, Deadpool? I'm like, no. <laughs> Deathstroke, man. It's Slade. Slade Come on. Wilson. Not Wilson. Wade Wilson. Slade. Close. It's close. It's close. But yeah, no. Lot, and, uh, same same kind of same kind of character, just a lot less humor. That's all. And he took off he took off the mask, and it was Joe. Me- uh, can't, I'll butcher his name forever, but he is the perfect casting mm-hmm. for that character. He's the right build. He's got the right look. You put a little patch over the eye. Dead ringer. Dead ringer to the comics, right? Yeah, sure. No, absolutely. And there's Lex sitting on his boat, and you're like, how the hell did Lex get out and get his boat, right? Did anyone, like, not notice his mega yacht is gone, right? Sure. Uh, it's Lex. Said, and he said, maybe we should have a league of our own. And I'm like, why didn't they just say it? Why didn't they just say it? If he would have said, I promise you, Robert, God <laughs> is my witness. <laughs> God is my witness. If he had uttered Legion of Doom, I would have lost all my shit right there. <laughs> Tore off my shirt in the movie theater, <laughs> screamed to the heavens. But, you know, they can't do that because they don't – even in the Marvel movies, they don't do it. You know, they try to – they ground it at least a touch in reality. They try to, and that's why they didn't. You know that's the case. You know they're always going to give that little touch of reality where they're they're going to give you it. They're going to tease you with it. They're going to tease you. You know what it is. But they're not going to say it. I mean, make you it want was, it all it was the more. a nice touch. It was. But it was a nice touch, especially at the end when they're all like in in Wayne Manor, right? Yeah. And Bruce is like, I want a big table over here, and I'm like, just say the words. Just say the words. Do come it. Close, come close to the mic. Come close to the mic. All of justice. Just say it. 
Say Just Hall say. of Justice. It's okay. <laughs> oh my god. If he had said that, I, dude, I would have started crying. I would have cried. <laughs> Such a nerd. <laughs> but no, they don't do any of that. And I'm like, no. obviously Zach is not in charge at this point of the story, right? Right. Because right. he would job. totally do it. Yeah, he, he totally would do it. So Justice League comes out. It does its numbers, and it's a mediocre movie at best. And they say that movie underperformed because you had the whole what what again I hate quoting this guy, but it he's like the guy right now. Kevin Smith called it the holy trinity of, of superheroes on the screen at the same time. Yeah. Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman. Yeah. He's like the Flash. Eh, okay, you know he does well on TV. It's a great show. I'm a fan of it. Standalone movie with Ezra Miller. Ezra's a great kid, great actor. This, I mean, and the whole thing was like, at that time, everyone was going to get a movie. Yeah, right. And he was like, Cyborg, I have to see like the standalone movie because this movie didn't do him any justice. No pun intended. Um, uh-huh. But then they started calling it Justice League because basically mm-hmm. Joss was like, well, they're giving me Batgirl. Or Batwoman. Out of all the characters. I want to say it was one of the two. Is it the Batgirl or Batwoman? Which is a difference. There are two different characters. Yes. Technically. Technically, well, technically they are, yes. Yeah, technically. But I can't remember which one it was, but apparently, like, that was part of the deal for him to come over was they were going to let him do – it was. I want to say it was Batgirl. Hmm. I want to say it was Batgirl because everyone was like, oh, you know, what he did with Buffy and everything, the Vampire Slayer – you know, that was awesome and everything. It was teeny, teenage angst. It was a good show, don't get me wrong, but it was teenage angsty a little bit. Come on. Of course. But I mean, <laughs> it, made, it, made, it made a genre, right? Oh, because, sure. You know, he basically took a movie that did okay in the movies mm-hmm. and made a show, and the show is way more popular than the movie oh, ever was. It was a much better thing. Yeah, oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. But, but you, then, then, okay, so now you have... You, then you start hit. calling this the Justice League, right? Yes. Basically, tongue-in-cheek, right? And mm-hmm. I'm thinking, like, he was basically looking at it as kind of like, I don't know, have you ever, like, worked on something and then somebody else, some, you had to pass it on to somebody else to finish and they just did a half-assed job just to finish it? Sure. Yeah. That's what I think happened here. He was just like, hey, this isn't going to be all on me. I could just blame it on him. If it does well, then yes, it was me. Right. If it doesn't do so well, it, it's, you know, I wasn't the only it's one. It's mostly him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mostly it him. Mostly, yeah, mostly him. And so now, I think, I think a big part of what happens next is Zach saying, you know what? I want to finish my movie because you guys ruined this. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess in 2000, and I'll go back to my timeline here. So that was 2016, correct? Mm-hmm. So what happened was there was a director's cut that was rumored to be uh, like still at Warner Brothers. Right, right? and that, that went on for ev- that went on for what, eight months easily. Yes, easily. And, Everybody. And then, and then some people who had podcasts had people on their shows who are in the business. They they work for Warner Brothers. They mm-hmm. work in the movie divisions, and usually. Um, They'll, whenever someone makes a movie of this magnitude, the studio would like him to like release a rough cut version of it without sure. all the special effects, 
just to get like an idea of what their investment is going to look like, right? Sure, sure. So one of the people that was there, I want to say it was Mel Brooks's son, Max. Okay. Max Brooks. Okay. He was he was there, and I I mean our listeners will tell me if I'm wrong on this, but the story goes is that he goes on this podcast and he basically says, look. The movie that I saw there at the studio was way different. It was so much darker. And the guy said, well, can I ask you stuff? He said, well, I have NDAs that are still in place. Sure, so I can't tell you everything. But... So I can't tell you everything. One of the things he said was there was a lot – there were other heroes that were supposed to make their appearance in the movie that weren't, that weren't put in. And he said, well, can you name one? He goes – He's a shapeshifter. <laughs> and he goes, and, and he was the general from nah. the other two movies. And I'm like, yep. Martian Manhunter, are you kidding me? He was going to be in the movie? And then he goes on to say, yes, and there was also another one. This other hero already had a movie, and it didn't do well. I put two and two together, Green Lantern. That would be like, amazing. I'm like, oh, my God, how Jordan, Green Lantern in the Justice League, and then I remember... That's what's supposed to be. It's in the freaking DC it's the, logo. It's also in the trailer, remember? Mm-hmm. And you hear the voice, and it's not Steppenwolf's voice. And no. that was the other thing he said. He said, that voice is not Steppenwolf. It's Darkseid. Right. There's no Kryptonians. No Lanterns. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. my god. Yeah. My, yeah. my mind was blowing. He was like, yeah, Steppenwolf looked completely different, he said, Hmm. in in what we saw. But everything was pre-visual effects. He said he looked completely different. He looked more menacing, more nightmarish is what he said. And they're like, so you said Darkseid, so you see him? He goes, yeah, you get a brief look at him at the very end when they lose. And he goes, wait, who lose? He goes, oh, yeah, they don't win at the end. He goes, Wonder Woman cuts off Steppenwolf's head, and a boom tube opens up, and Darkseid comes down, and the screen goes black. So, so, they, pull, so, they, pull an, so they pull an endgame, basically. So, or they pull a uh, uh, – no, was it? Was it, was it no, not endgame. Uh, they pull Infinity a – Wars. In, yeah, they pull an Infinity Wars, which is yeah. perfect. Which would have been yeah, it was supposed perfect. to be two parts. Justice right. Part one, Justice League part two. Part one, basically, they, they end up losing – and Darkseid makes his appearance, and they get their butts handed to them. They get their butts handed to him because he's able to turn Superman to his side. Interesting. I'm not sure how that would work, but with sure. With the anti-life equation. And he's wearing the black and silver suit because that was one of the other questions he asked him. Uh, so they literally turn Superman bad, I guess, if you will. It, he – Basically, what we all wanted to see was injustice. That's what we all right. wanted to see. Yeah. We played the video game and we loved it. We want to see it on the big screen. <laughs> they said that fight scene with the armies at the beginning with Steppenwolf, it wasn't with Steppenwolf. It was a young dark side. And he wasn't called dark side then. He was called Axis or Axius or whatever. It was before, before. he became dark side. Making him a lot, again, making him a lot more Thanos-like. Pretty much, yeah. Which is what we're, which is which is the point, you know, which was the point, and they, they, they stepped away from it. So those are 
what I would say the things that we are should expect to see is all of that. Right, and that, and that was the whole thing. Like that interview spun off everything into the world. So everyone started attacking Zack Snyder, and Zack's like, "I have no comment, no comment, no comment." An online petition started in late 2017. Mm-hmm. They want the Snyder cut. Everybody wanted the Snyder cut. Everyone wanted the Snyder cut. He, Snyder is going to like this uh, this uh, convention, right? To uh, like an anniversary of Man of Steel. Right. right. And he's there and he's signing autographs and some guy is like filming him and he asks him, hey, w- did you hear about this whole initiative, this online petition about releasing the Snyder Cut? And he looks up and Zack Snyder says, without batting an eye, he says, it's done. It's up to them. Internet explodes. They go and they talk to Affleck. And, and he's like, yeah, I would love to see his version of the movie released. Some actors that were in that movie never saw the theatrical run. Um, the guy, I think his name is Ray Park, I think, the guy who did Cyborg. He, mm-hmm. came, he was very openly critical of Joss Whedon on set. He mm-hmm. said he was horrible to work with. And he said that was part of the reason, and he, he clashed with them all the time. And he said that was part of the reason why his character w- had such a diminished role in the film. Mm. Um, J- I think they asked Jason Momoa because he was out promoting Aquaman. Uh, they must have asked him like every time he stopped about the Snyder Cut. And he says, what I saw, uh, it was sick. It's basically what he said. Mm. Yeah. So now here we are. Here we are. So it was just a couple months ago, right, when they basically had another screening uh, with uh, Zack Snyder and a lot of his friends where he was going to watch Man of Steel on Zoom. And you could join them, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And one of the and it was afterwards of the Q and A and one of the people asked, you know, what about the Snyder cut? And he says, Well, I have a special surprise for you guys. And sure enough, Henry Cavill joins the Zoom meeting. Mm. And so Zach asks Henry, What should we do? He goes, I think we should release it. And he goes, Well, you guys got your wish. I'm gonna release it, because at this point HBO already said Here's $40 million to finish your movie. Yeah. <laughs> they had the money for it. Why not? Let's make a billion dollars. Let's prove them all wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And that's H- where and that's that's where we're at with HBO. Yeah. HBO is going to put it on. It, this will be the first of its kind, right? I would say. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of this ever happening before? No. Well, we live in unique times, so I think that's partially why we're able to get to experience this. And I think that's a big part of it is that we're able to experience it this way because of the times we are living in. So I think that's part of the coolness of it is, yeah, there's a lot of negativity and a lot of bad things happening, but I think this is kind of what can come out of it is this level of movie that is only going to be released through a streaming service. That's something that's been petitioned for for years at this point, basically. So there you go. I mean, there's going to be so many twists and turns in this movie. And from my understanding that, it's really going to be closer to a four-hour flick. Which, like again, three. people are going to be fine with. People are going to be fine with. People. And and I don't know. Last I heard that he was going to release it in in parts, kind of like a mini-series, and drop mm-hmm. like four episodes, like one a week, okay. and you can watch it. Um, I don't know. To me, we'll that see. Would, that, I, I don't have enough time off. 
<laughs> I really don't. I don't have enough. But uh, uh, to give you an idea how deep this goes, the fandom, because this really is a testament to to fans. Because a lot of people, you got. I, I think this. I think this. This holds special for a certain a certain type of fan. Because if it had just been a movie, oh, this is just a movie, I think this would have gone away, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. But something about the fans that that would not let this go. And one of the things that I saw was a a posting that this guy did um, in 2019, November. And it's it's profanity-laced, but I'll skip over the the profanities. And... um, he put those blankers, Whedon and Johns turned Barry Allen from a badass who was going to reverse time and stop the mother boxes from destroying planet Earth into a bumbling blank buffoon who falls on women's blanks and pushes a blank pickup truck. <laughs> which isn't, which isn't, which is 100% what happened. Yeah. Like I, like I get it. Ezra Miller, he's kind of like a, you know, a smart alecky like Justin Long type person, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's the Flash. The yeah. dude, fastest man alive, can go back in time. He already did it in BVS. Mm-hmm. Why not keep him like somewhat edgy, right? Same yeah. with same with Cybers. Aquaman. Mm-hmm. I mean, when the Aquaman solo movie came out, he he basically is a badass. I know people like to joke. Oh, so you talk to fish? You know what I mean? It was like that joke. But he was, but it, but it was, it was funny. But he still was a badass, so funny was part of it. Yeah, and you I know, remember, and I remember that was one of the criticisms too that I saw from a very prominent film critic. They they basically said that shot of Aquaman from BVS it, it made him look like uh, the cover model of a Vidal Sassoon commercial. And there's nothing wrong with his hair, okay? <laughs> I was like, dude, that's a that is the Aquaman from the comics, right? It's not Aquaman from the Super Friends cartoon of the eighties. No. You know what I mean? This yeah. is the guy from the comics. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 here's there there you go, guys. Exactly what you never wanted. A full and epic tribute to our, our dear friend, our, our personal Snyder. bestie, Zack Snyder. Yes. The Z Man as we call him, lovingly. Please come on our show, Zach, when you listen to this. Give us a Yeah, call. please. Give us a call. Shoot an email. Birds of the joke at gmail.com. There you go. See, you see, you remember it. Good for you, Ernie. Good for you. Um, definitely make sure you like us on all the, the things. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Um, we may or may not be on TikTok going forward. We'll have to see what happens there. Yeah, uh, we may have to switch to this whole thing called Reels, I think it's called. I, I don't know. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's such a minor <laughs> platform for us. It doesn't matter. We're, we're here on Anchor. We're providing the content here, guys. That's where we're at. And a little bit on YouTube. Um, but like us, love us on all our stuff. And of course, as always, in tribute to our dear friend, Zach, if you will, Ernie. Peace out. Peace out, everybody. We'll see you when Zach is there. And that's another episode of Two Nerds and a Joke. Follow Robert and Ernie on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to their YouTube channel.